Welcome to New Game Netcast, the official podcast of NewGameNetwork.com. This is episode 11 for Sunday, August 19th, 2012. Today on the show, we're talking about Team Fortress 2, Uplay Client, FIFA Manager 13, demos for sports games, and Metal Gear Solid 4. Our article recap includes Inversion, Sleeping Dogs, and Deadlight. In industry news, we have Sony and Crossbuy promotion, Command and Conquer Generals 2 being cancelled and renamed, Blizzard reporting the Battle.net hack, On Live suffering through closure, and Double Fine moving away from work for hire. We've also got our contest for Planetside 2, Best of Gamescom, players modding single-player games to include multiplayer, and of course our question of the episode. Hello folks, it's August 19th, 2012. It is New Game Nightcast, episode 11. My name is Alex, I'm joined by Peter. Hello. And Evan. Ho ho! And we're talking about all kinds of good stuff. Uh, news updates, articles from the past couple of weeks. What's going on with everybody? What happened? Uh, whatever you think is entertaining. <laughs> uh, I, I failed to get into the StarCraft qualifier to represent Microsoft in um, the After Hours Gaming League on StarCraft, so I felt bad about myself. How good are you at StarCraft? Uh, I'm in Platinum, which is... Like, like the level right below Pro, I'm the level right below that. So, I don't know, like 85th percentile, maybe? Why represent Microsoft? Uh, you've, uh, if you, have you heard of the After Hours Gaming League? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah, it's... um. It's essentially it's not yeah it's not pro Starcraft but it's the major tech companies uh, have put together like eight man teams and play for charity. Oh right. Uh, we had a great turnout last year too. It started up last year. I think it was something like ten thousand dollars to charity of your choice, and Google sent a team and Microsoft sent a team and all that jazz. Uh, but you know you have to qualify in order to become part of the official team and. I, I failed. I, I failed. Oh. But, the, but the games were so close. They were great games. Oh. Was it all just Zerg rushing? <laughs> it was. Both of my games were Zerg versus Zerg. Oh and, yeah. Oh, well, it was just blind. so sad. Yeah, I was the I was the rusher actually. You, I don't know if you play StarCraft Two. Never no. played it, uh, but not like competitively. In, in StarCraft Two, uh, Zerg has the new thing. Um, it, the Nidus network that you can pop up in your opponent's base. And so in these games, both times, my opponent expanded early and put up a lot of defense, and I popped up a uh, Nidus network in his base and started taking it over. And both times, I was so close to winning, but you know, he's just too good, too good for me. Tension runs high. Yeah. Excellent. And I, I've done nothing. <laughs> Are you on what? Are you on a summer vacation right now, or what? Me? Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm working at the moment. I just started a a new bit of contract work for this uh, Hong Kong-based um, gaming company. Oh. Yeah. So I'm basically doing um, helping with their translations from like from the kind of stunted English um, that they've uh, done from like the Chinese Han, and just like polishing that and. Like, you know, like thinking of like missions and story missions and storylines and stuff for them. So it just started. Oh, uh, so you're actually doing writing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. But like for the translations, it's like um, trying to translate um, a book. There's 20,000 words, but the cl- it's like a cryptic crossword. And you need to try and make sense from it. So it's oh, kind you, of... Do you mean the kanji? The, I mean, whatever the symbols are? Yeah, they use Han, but they've, they've got the Han. Then they've got like the translated from someone there. And then I have to like... And one part of the job is having to polish this writing. But for sometimes it's so kind of, you know, kind of convoluted and strange that it it feels like, you know, you're trying to solve like a cryptic crossword or it would be like something a secret agent says to you that is like a code word. Like, you know, oh, the, yeah. you know, the, the apple is flying high in the sky, you know, the dawn of new creations here. And, I, and that mean, and that means like, oh, go up this ap- go up this tree and grab this apple for this guy. And it's like, so it's 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 a bit strange sometimes. But Google yeah, Translate. Yeah, that's what I mean. You should see how um, how correct it is when you translate stuff in there. It's crazy, but yeah, it's interesting. I hate to think the game uh, the game I'm trying to review right now, Frozen Synapse. I think it was made by like Swedish developers or someone because every now and then the translation is just like every sentence is correct. But it's but... just a bit. It, it sometimes it can be just too formal. And kind yeah. of not have any cadence to it. I think that's one of the the issues. I'll, I mean, I'm putting this in the review, but uh, the best example that came to mind was you played through a mission where all of a sudden all of your mission buddies start slaughtering civilians. Yeah, yeah. And uh, your and your character says, "Oh my god!" And you know the slaughtering comes to complete, and then as soon as the slaughtering ends, your character says, "I need to be careful not to let the social situation <laughs> com- compromise me in compromise my morality." <laughs> You know, it's just, ah, you know, who, who talks like that? It just breaks it. Oh, okay. yeah. But it, it's funny, though. Yeah, it's funny. It works. It doesn't. Sorry, Alex, we kind of got sidetracked there. No, you asked Alex. Alex. That's right. It's all the pre-show entertainment, right? Yeah. Now we move on. All right. Up in gaming news for the past two weeks. Uh, FIFA Manager 13 gets a fact sheet. Metal Gear Solid 4 finally gets the trophy patch. Uh, demos for NHL 13, Madden 13, FIFA 13 announced and dated. Uh, Team Fortress 2 gets co-op mode, and Ubisoft releases Uplay client for PC. Most excited about the last two. I tried out the TF2 co-op mode, actually. I was trying it out this morning. And is it cooperative? Co-op? Um, you- Believe it or not, it is. Which, uh, you know, T- I mean, TF2 has always been. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a fun new experience. Like, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's not just your team playing against bots. Like, they've thrown in a lot of, you know, they've thrown in round-to-round upgrades and, uh, you know, sort of your standard wave. It's kind of like mechanics. Horde mode, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah, essentially like Horde mode. Um, and they've added, you know, added in a lot of specials. It feels a little bit like Left 4 Dead in that sense. You know, you've got your mass, your normal uh, attackers who come down on you, but then you have your specials that will, you know, ruin your sentries or deal extra amount of damage. It's, uh, it feels like I've only played it a little bit. It feels like it still needs to be fully explored to figure out whether it's going to work, whether it's going to be a big hit. For example, right now, at least everything that I've played, it, it has all been defend. So, you know, instead instead of feeling like normal Team Fortress 2, it feels like Team Fortress 2, except 
except the whole game revolves around uh, keeping your sentry nests up and alive. Well, that's know? kind of the point, isn't it? Uh, I, I guess so. Uh, just you know, that kind of feels like it, that's only you know half of Team Fortress Two, or yeah, but it's cooperative now, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, Team Fortress Two was always cooperative. I mean, yeah. cooperative against bots, man. Well, like here, little thing. Well, little things like um, right now, at least maybe I just haven't tried it enough. But the role of uh, Oh yeah, because it's you know swarm yeah swarms of bots coming at you like demo men are big heavies are big, but like spies and scouts, they I'm not sure what kind of role they play and snipers might not you know play a big role either. So you might end up with teams that are just you know just the heavy heavy hitters. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. You know, it's heck, it's free to play. It's another huge update. It's a lot of effort that they put into this. And hats. It has. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait. So, in its in its essence, what they've added is just um, an AI to play against. Well, no, there was always AI. Yeah, yeah. They just added horde mode, is what they did. Right, right, right. So, yeah, just added horde mode. And, and this was in in their defense. It, it is legitimately legitimately more than that. Right. Uh, uh, they it really is a whole new uh, a whole mode of TF2. You can upgrade your weapons. You can get special upgrades that you can't get in multiplayer. You know, up, you earn money and buy stuff in between rounds and everything. Yeah, that's, well, that sounds like Gears of War. Oh, yeah, I guess so. It's uh, essentially, yeah, extending that. Yeah. That's still nice to have, I suppose. For oh, free. It is. Yeah. Uh, so the other news was, well, I guess it's a lot of sports-related news were popular in the recent while. Because uh, we found out more about FIFA Manager 13, which is obviously not something that many people play. Um, but I think it's you know should be good once again. Wait, is, is, that, is that like Champ Manager? Yeah, it's essentially that continuation of that series. Uh, Wait, it's, 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 uh, EA didn't buy it, did they? And now it's theirs. Well, I think they've um, always had it. Oh right. I mean, just... yeah, it just they kind of did it officially now under the EA Sports banner, if oh, you right. will. No, I, the EA Sports Mega Blob, that kind of. Yeah. And so apparently <laughs> the sports season is kicking off soon, so people are excited about reading uh, about demos for NHL 13, uh, which is next week, FIFA 13, which is in early September, and Madden 13 actually already came out, and they tried it out uh, last night. All right. So those were the popular news. Uh, Metal Gear 4... <laughs> Metal Gear... <laughs> Metal Gear 4! That one. Uh, finally got the trophy patch. Feels like there should be a solid somewhere in there, but keep going. Sorry, dude. <laughs> That's been requested for uh, for many, many years. So, what actual trophies? Ah, uh, it's just like more I th- stuff. I think it's well, if you played the HD collection, they no, just, unfortunately. Well, they threw in just trophies for various things like uh, like dog tags and stuff. Uh, collecting stuff and just finishing the story missions and, and shooting seagulls. You can anesthesia a seagull mid-flight. I yeah, think I whatever, <laughs> whatever they came up with. I don't. I haven't looked at the list myself actually, because uh, I don't think I'll be playing it through just for the trophies. But uh, for 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 how many years? I mean, 2007. People have been asking to get this thing trophied up. It's crazy, isn't it? And they finally got it. So good for trophy hunters, I guess, and reason to replay the game. 
That's why I used to replay it. Yeah, get all, get all those wigs and dog tags. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it lets the fans know that they are listened to, you know, at least a little bit. So. <laughs> after, after five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, promoting Metal Gear Rising, I guess, is not as good, maybe. Well, yeah. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, so Ubisoft is releasing a Uplay client, I guess. I guess, will, will this allow you to, I want to say, chat cross-platform between Ubisoft games? It seems like that... it's got the social thing inbuilt. It's just, isn't it, like, basically EA's um, Origin and Steam kind of thing. It's just, it's a store with social media kind of connections and stuff. No, I think that's just fine. Go ahead and add one more to the mix. It's, do you think it seems kind of redundant now, or...? Yeah, I mean, it's getting kind of crowded in the whole how many clients you have to install space, right? And it's also rough because, uh, like like social networking, game clients, the tricky thing is that the main appeal to them is who else is on them. You know yeah. what I mean? So whoever's the biggest one automatically has the, bi- the bigger advantage. So it's hard to... Yeah, it's not like you're going to get a lot of people who like to play games from all three companies and are going to have all three clients on there, you know, talk to their Ubisoft friends and then go over and talk to their Steam friends <laughs> But um, I think, as the, with the success of Steam, I think it's, it's only going to grow as uh, some companies get bigger and they try to really kind of, I don't know, kind of rake in all these stragglers who are using Steam to like come and stay on theirs so they can like see what everyone's doing and keep track of their numbers and stuff. Yeah, but I kind of wonder how, I want to say how it's going to end. No, that's not the right way to put it, but... Like, what if, you know what we really need is a, uh, just like we had, was it ICL for chat? IRC for chat? Yeah. We need uh, some sort of inter-game communicator that just handles everything. There may be, like, a kind of giant installer kind of thing. Like, I don't know, like something like TweetDeck, which you can, like, manage all your social media profiles from or something. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, maybe that's what we're looking for. I I mean, I suppose Steam, I I know Steam has that feature of... uh, Adding a non-Steam game into yeah. your Steam library. I don't know if that incorporates Steam Chat and all that jazz. It just, it just seems it's like it's starting to get a little bloated. Yeah, a little. And uh, and I just don't like being a you know cross-platform gamer myself. <laughs> uh, I, I just I don't like quite like the feel of. Uh, I, I want to say I don't like proprietary gaming communities. You know, I don't like the the idea that all of Ubisoft. You know, I like to play. You know, the best games from Ubisoft, the best best games that are on Steam, the best games over on Origin. Uh, and I don't like the idea of these sort of naturally falling into little clusters. Like, oh, you have to know one or the other. Point is, it's. I mean, I never saw much point in the system anyway. I mean, I've played a lot of Ubisoft games, obviously, and they always included as kind of a separate menu area in all their games. But now they're bringing it as a separate download client. Um, it never really had. Much functionality. I mean, it, it extends to all Ubisoft games only, and I mean, you can earn points on Uplay and unlock DLC or whatever across your different Ubisoft games, but it's really, compared to Steam and EA, um, from what they've announced, it's really limited to Ubisoft right now, so I don't really see... Well, I thought that was the point. It just, you know, this, you have to come over if you want all these good deals. Yeah, but it um, exists already. It, it's just built into their games. And they just, all they did was release a separate download for it. So it, you know. Well, perhaps they want something to, like, measure it definitively. You know, maybe it works better that way. I, I don't know. know. <sighs> seems It seems like, you know, pointless in some reasons, but I can see why they're doing it. Gotta compete. Mm hmm. 
Moving on to our article recap. Uh, it's still summertime, so things have been kind of slow, and uh, people have been behind because they're on vacations and such. So, we had reviews. <coughs> <laughs> we had reviews of Inversion, which was mine. I uh, got a 66. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD got a 59. Sleeping Dogs uh, was myself as well. Got an 83. And Deadlight was a 60. And I guess I'm the only one talking, so you guys get to ask questions. I want to know about Sleepy Dogs because um, I did the preview and I said it looked interesting, but I was never going to know how the finished product turned out. But now it looks, it sounds quite good, and I think I'll, I'll be getting it. Into, on Inversion, isn't Inversion, I wanted, I hate to call these gimmick games, but doesn't it involve, it revolves around something like a gravity gun or something? Tell yeah. me. Uh, no, you don't actually, well... Sort of, but not in the same way that... Um, well, maybe the same way as Half-Life. It's, it's a gameplay gimmick. Yeah, I mean, it's... Well, you call it a gimmick. They call it probably their selling feature or whatnot. And, oh. they, you know, they did a lot of things that are similar to other games, for sure. Like, you shoot uh, kind of blobs of anti-gravity. So, it's a third-person cover shooter. So, pretend that, you know, you're playing... Uh, any other cover shooter, but this <laughs> one, even Mass Effect 3 had that, uh, I guess, augmentation where you kind of shoot the anti-gravity thing and enemies float in it. Yeah, it was the bio. Uh, yeah. Thing you were. So it's kind of got that that you can use, and it uh, it also does a lot of perspective shifting, but not something that you can control because it's a linear game. So you, you know, go through some areas um, where perspective shifts when you kind of jump through a portal thing. So you're, you're, you're fighting on the side of a building or upside down and whatnot. It's not something you can control, but it's more like a set piece. Mm. And those are quite cool. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think the game pulls it off really well, especially because uh, if you played Prey from way back in the day, it kind of had that whole... Haven't? No. Okay, well, it had that kind of same, um, you know, shifting mechanic where you walk on the ceilings and stuff like that, but that one was... Uh, you're inside closed environments that all look the same um, whereas here you're really out in the real world so you know when you shift to a side of a building perspective it really kind of puts it in a great perspective and it really feels kind of exhilarating but unfortunately there's really very few of these moments otherwise it's pretty lackluster third person shooter that's um, uh, too bad and uh, Sleeping Dogs I want to hear about that uh, well as you said uh, you did a preview on it I think it turned out to deliver on most things that it was going for. It's definitely got uh, one of the better stories for an open-world kind of game. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to get this from Saints Row or Grand Theft Auto, the kind of storytelling that this game has, and strong scenarios and characters and things like that. It's a little bit on the short side, obviously, and the world isn't as big, uh, but it's still, in a lot of ways, uh, a little better than Mafia, Mafia 2. Because mm-hmm. that game was disappointing, um, you know, as far as the nothing to do in the open world and, and things like that. This game has a lot of elements from Grand Theft Auto without being Grand Theft Auto type yeah. of thing. And, uh, and, yeah, I mean, the main mechanic is the, all about combat. Like, you're not going to shoot too many guys. It's all going to be hand-to-hand mostly. And it, it borrows them some things from Batman, you know, the way you have your... Uh, Heavy attacks, light attacks, and combos mm-hmm. and things like that, but it's all flowing well, to one kind of thing. Yeah, I mean it's all well done, and it's done in the authentic 
Asian style. Authenticity is really important, and I think it's like a John Woo film. Yeah, and you have the slow motion as well, but it's not like too much. Like Oops. You... No, no, no doves. <laughs> we have that kind of slow mo, like in a church shootout. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it's not something you can control. You only enter slow mo really when you like vault over objects. Mm. Because when you do shoot, it is a third-person shooter type of thing, because you can take yeah. cover and shoot. And when you do vault over things, you jump off a balcony or whatever, it goes into slow motion automatically. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Anyway. Yeah, so... And can you still drag women along a crowded yeah, you can street do... with shopping bags? <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever you want. You can pick up random things and, you know, put people's faces through electric boxes and things like that. Wait, can you dive on this while you're shooting? No. Because that cover-based has now taken the diving, which I've noticed. Because hardly anybody dives anymore, apart from Max Payne. Yeah, that's right. No, With guns it's... in slow-mo, that used to be the thing that everyone used to have. But now it's kind of different. Yeah, now it's more cover-based, slow-mo, yeah. and vaulting over cover, yeah. That used to be awesome. Yeah, but uh, so overall, it's a pretty good game. Yeah, worth, uh, worth a buy then. I think so. It's definitely a little different from the usual open world uh, mm. games. So it's worth look. Wait, is there like side do... side missions and stuff? Yeah, like I said, it's it it's not like Mafia that was kind of empty. Here, your map is kind of littered with things to do. So right, okay, that's cool. Well, I, I'm intrigued just by uh, you saying that it has a good story, good storyline. Yeah, that's a complaint I often had about sandbox games is that they didn't, you know, you can't really structure the game well to, you know, present a character or build up a conflict and plot, but... Uh, no, this one definitely pulls it off in that regard. It's it's the usual guy goes undercover, isn't it? As well, against, uh, uh, w- having said that, actually, when was the last time in an open-world game you were playing as a good guy, though? Uh, just cause? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> well, you don't know... I mean, see, you're, you're still kind of bad because you're technically yeah. destroying everything. Here, there's the two systems which are actually from the older True Crime games. Yeah, I remember, the, remember. Yeah, you have the good points and the bad points. And if Fable, you're a, I guess. If you're on a mission and you go destroying things, you actually lose your good points. And does this mean anything, these karma points? Yeah, because then you use these to unlock stuff. Right, right, okay, so there is a point like to do Character progression. You know, it really is funny. Now that you mention it, yeah, every open world game that's off the top of my head, you're always playing the bad guy, yeah. you're the criminal on the streets. Yeah. You, I mean, you turn out. Interest. You turn out to be some kind of, you know, antihero in the end, but you're still playing a criminal. Well, Max Payne's good, isn't he? Oh, but that's sorry, that's not open world, is it? Yeah. But like, like I said, uh, Fable, you can play the good guy if you'd like. Uh, yeah, but is it open world in the same manner that, you know... Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I get you. Well, I guess because destruction, you know, comes with open world, and that's fun, and though it's bad, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mentioned that in my review, actually. It's kind of like getting punished if you want to play this like Grand Theft Auto and, and you know, kill civilians and stuff like that. You actually have a negative effect on your score, really. So that's the kind of a bad thing. It punishes you for wanting to have fun, in a sense. In a sense, yeah. Fair enough. As opposed to rewarding you. It's only during missions, though. Uh, So, you know, if you're roaming, you can do whatever you want. But, you know, during missions, you're a cop, so you shouldn't be... Right, okay, but how do you get good points back, then? By doing good things? No, it starts off with a full meter for good points. So if you do nothing bad, you get your 100% possible of experience. Right, 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 right. right. So it kind of works, you know, backwards. 
Okay, cool. I want to know about Deadlight, so uh, save your questions for that, I suppose. Yeah, well, Deadlight was actually Matthew, who's not here. Oh, is he not oh here? for crying out loud. <laughs> is I, it... I can only answer inversion and sleeping dogs. Actually, wait, um, I saw the I saw the zero punctuation of it. It's zombies, isn't it? Um, Deadlight is zombie, yeah. zombies. Yeah, I heard it was quite trite, though, from uh, as far as that goes. Well, the, story. the score, I guess, makes... reflects that. The thing that makes me sad on Deadlight is that the uh, visual design really is great. It's, uh, I mean, silhouette games have been have been a bit of a fad ever since Limbo, but uh, the, the Deadlight really looks spectacular. It's the kind of game where I saw it being played and thought, "Ooh, I want to try that." Mm. That's it. Excellent. Good. Good. News around the industry. We're going to do songs, weren't we? Or some <laughs> intros. Every time that comes up. Whip out the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of news. The industry. <laughs> like a 50s kind of product jingle. Yeah. Do, 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 with some like swing music in the background. Uh, a lot of news this uh, weekend, actually, are from Gamescom, mostly. So, Sony has revealed a cross-buy promotion. Uh, if you watch the Sony Gamescom press conference, which I did, it was 90 minutes of Vita and five minutes of Last of Us, and then it's over. So they're Aww. really they're really trying to push that. You buying the Vita yet? Uh, trying to push it, and so one of the things they did was announce the cross-buy promotion, which means if you own the game on uh, PlayStation 3 or vice versa, you also get a copy for your other device. So if you buy it for Vita, you own it on PS3 and Vita, and mm. also the other way around, which is pretty nice. I mean... It's smart. That's what it is. Yeah, it's smart business it sense. It is smart. No, I like that. Especially because, uh, well, for one, you know, it guarantees... It's a reason to get both. I mean, it's a reason to get both uh, platforms. Mm. But I almost want to say it's almost self-advertisement. You know, if you get one game and you're playing it on your Vita as well... It's sort of like double the reason to get the game. Yeah, but um, they, in a similar way, they, they've done it with books, which I think should do with every book. I think if you buy a hard copy, you should be able to get the digital. I think. Well, they've done it with movies, yeah. though, too, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These days, you buy your movie, it's like a DVD, digital download, combo Blu-ray. pack, whatever, yeah. So, uh, but, which, which is fair, I think. I think yeah. it should be. Although, <laughs> no, it should work. having said that, uh, they only are doing this for first-party games for now, obviously. Yeah. Because they can't afford, you know, to buy it, tell EA to sell at half the profit. But they're trying to bring other publishers on board, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good business sense as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Command and Conquerors Generals Two, and Ben and Tim aren't here to grieve on these news. <laughs> uh, they it's been what was supposed to be first game on Frostbite Engine Two, and from Bioware will now become yet another free-to-play epic online offering. Oh, wow. Of course it will. Yeah. It's... uh, (laughs) Reading the, you know, general reaction has been quite uh, negative, obviously, to this news. So, um, I'm not as familiar with Command & Conquer, um, but it's going free-to-play on what exactly? So it's going to be on PC. It's still using the Frostbite engine. Yeah. But what limitations is that brought in? Well, just the fact that it's not a proper standalone strategy game, you know, 
Every time right. you bring something to online only, free to play space, you know it's going to have its issues. Like, you know, pay to win is a big concern. Yeah, yeah. So, but there, there is so much money in that now. It's crazy. Yeah. So I think that's what kind of is most disappointing. I think the last game uh, wasn't very well received, the last proper uh, Command & Conquer game. So people were kind of uh, seeing what Bioware and the new engine were going to do with this, but apparently they won't do anything with it. <laughs> it will, it will That's be, not, eh? It will be free to play, and I guess we'll see what happens. And it's been renamed, too. It's not Generals 2 anymore. It's just going to be called, not to confuse anybody, but it's going to be called Command and Conquer. That's Social. It. No, no, just that's <laughs> it. Just Command and Conquer, like the first one. Like, it's just... Invite your friends today. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, not sure. Yeah, not sure about this, but maybe it's just because I'm grown sick of free-to-play model. Well, it's it's their money, I guess. It's the future, unfortunately. Yeah. Speaking of the future, do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. A nice leeway. Thank you, Peter. It's okay. Blizzard reports that Battle.net has been hacked. Dun dun dun. And apparently, users' accounts and passwords have been compromised and stolen and whatnot. But they waited like a week to tell anybody. But it's Blizzard, so I guess it's okay for now. They still have their. <laughs> Whoa. They still have their legions of fans like Valve. So um, there hasn't been, you know, too much uh, uprising over this late report. And uh, I guess even the people that use these authenticator things are at risk. No, that's right. They, they sell them with the special editions, don't they? Yeah, basically. So It sounds like something from a Mission Impossible film that what? you have to steal from, like, some diplomat. We need his authenticator key. Yeah, exactly. That it's way we can like... finally play on his... Uh... <laughs> we can steal all of his gold. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the greatest level heist. So. Level 80 priest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we shall raid many with this. I would watch that movie. Yeah, sweet. Thank you. Oh, in their defense, though, they did say that uh, that uh, credit card information wasn't compromised, right? I think so, yeah. Because they have their hash passwords system, whatever. Yeah, so if the worst that the hackers can do is, I don't know what, buy another Blizzard game for you, I guess? <laughs> I got a great deal for you. <laughs> Thanks. But nonetheless, it's bad to hear. I think, I don't know if, I haven't heard of this previously, I don't know if it's the first time that it happened, I'm sure it's not, but it's the most recent. Responsibility. Most recent one, I guess. Yeah. So every, next time you log in, I think everybody's going to be forced to change their passwords, so be on the lookout for that. Well, uh, I was playing StarCraft just two days ago. Well, they didn't say right away, but I'm, I think they're rolling it out. Password changes okay. for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Steam plans to offer regular software on Steam. This Which one is... kind of scares me a little. Why? Because it feels like Steam is, you know, it's is growing to become Google. Google. That's it. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Looking for. Well, it, 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 so at the end of the day, it's your choice to use it. No, no, it's it's they're they're seeping away brain power. Uh, <laughs> no, it's especially if you read the, if you read the description. Well, the heck, I guess you wrote the description, but uh, they're 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 going to be offering file saving on Steam now. Oh, like cloud Steam, storage. Steam, yeah, cloud space. Is that correct? Or am well, I? Well, they do that for saved games as it is now. But this is like for documents and things, isn't it? Uh, maybe, yeah. Offer, like, I mean, it, it would make sense if you're going to offer Photoshop. I'm sure they can save your Photoshop files on cloud, yeah. 
Yeah, now it feels like Steam is if Steam keeps growing like that. I mean, There's I, I no guess not it. what exactly they offer. Like, are they gonna, they're gonna you know is there gonna offer like open office or something for Sweet. standard office productivity? Yeah, see, that's one of the things I heard is the gamers are concerned about the game aspect. But I mean, really, let's be realistic. I'm sure the game service won't be impacted because they start offering document programs. You know. Mm. Well, I guess we'll see what comes up. Uh, yeah, yeah, am I you... going to go on Steam sales now and find, you know... <laughs> Photoshop, Photoshop, 10% off. Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. Get it now. And, oh, no. You know what? I have just been sold on this because I realized what would be brilliant beyond all brilliance. Are you ready for, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Productivity software achievements. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have used a thousand filters. <laughs> it's been joking yeah. before, yeah. You used render oh. clouds 25 times in one session. Oh, this would be great. That would be pretty productive, yeah. Productivity. Especially if you're doing, like, you know, an office job where it was just, like, you know, data input, and you've got, like, little achievements each time to buy things, which you could, like, buy, like, more break, or you could buy, like, you know, coffee or something with these achievements in your office. My God, that is something. I think I've got it there. You're thinking of some kind of post-apocalyptic future, dude. Taking breaks because you earn an achievement? Some Orwellian future. Yeah. <laughs> you have earned five minutes of family time for 12 Yay. hours work. <laughs> you may embrace for five seconds. The bad news, I guess, and that just developed in a fury of uh, rumors on Friday, uh, was on live, the digital streaming service for games has apparently been sold and crashed and burned and people let go. Oh, yeah. This was sort of sad to hear. I guess... I mean, I knew... I was sure things weren't going too well for them just because, you know, just because I hadn't heard from them in a long while, I want to say. <laughs> but, uh, no- yeah, I, I was hoping for better. The novelty wore off, or whatever, of the whole cloud gaming thing. That's why. I mean, they've been operating for a couple of years now, and apparently they've been having really high operating costs. Well, I can imagine... So, I mean, I don't know if I should say it, but does it really make you question the whole cloud-based infrastructure future? Or is it just a one-off glitch that they... Well, it depends. Like, Gakai's been purchased and OnLive's dead. So it's like two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. It, I'd say it was too early a call. I know it's like it's... You'd have to be... A, I think you'd have to be a pretty well-known company to really drive it home to make it work and to, like, kind of... Cajole people into getting it. You know what I mean. You'd have to have like a big company behind it that offered their games on it, like maybe exclusives and stuff. Well, the thing is, online. I actually heard more about online than Gaikai because online was always at these, you know, trade conventions and E3 and all these things. And I mean, they were doing really good for a while there. Uh, I don't know if they're, uh, you know, console device thing that you have to buy ever took off. But as far as streaming it from your browser and your PC, I think that was mm. okay. Yeah, I I've actually tried it myself uh, not too long ago for the first time ever. Believe it or not, I'm kind of skeptical about this whole thing because what? I skeptical? only skeptical. Skeptical. Yeah. Sorry. Skeptical. Yeah, you, you, you said spectacle. Oh, did I? Yeah. Well, it's spectacular. <laughs> but I'm also, ah, good. But, uh, I'm, I'm I'm monocle about it. Yeah, but um, I was also concerned because it's I kind of put it in the same corner as free to play, and you know, it's like, does it really offer anything? 
But I tried it a couple of weekends ago, and it was okay. You can kind of tell that you're not really playing it locally, because it, it looked like a YouTube video. Oh, you know, it's, it's hard to describe, I guess, but, you know, the visuals, the, the pixelation of it. Um, so it's like net Netflix with a joypad. Well, no, because you're still watching a movie, but here it's kind of you're watching a YouTube gameplay video. It's hard to describe, but that, you know, the color is a little washed out and things like that, so. Yeah. Um, but it worked fine as far as, you know, there's no lag. I can actually play it real time, things like that. But, uh, yeah. All right. Still, the bandwidth is the concern for a lot of people, I think, though. Well, yeah, especially for the type of games as well. It's going to be. You know, yeah, this, the streaming aspect is still a lot. I'm, I'm hoping that this was just, uh, you know, one of those a little too early things. Ahead of his time. Yeah, the idea, of, uh, the idea of game streaming, I think, could actually. Yeah, I think it could be the future. So uh, for a, sure. There are a lot of benefits to be for gained. Sure. For sure. But, like I said, I'm here paying ridiculous amounts of money for, like, 10 meg download, whereas you go to the States or Japan or whatever, you're paying nothing for a lot more. So, yeah, it's re- really restricted by bandwidth, I think, at this point. Mm. In the global world development. I was rooting for you on live. Sorry to see you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the final one is uh, somebody that wasn't me that added it. Probably me. Probably. Double fine moving away from work for hire? Yeah. Um, well, when we discussed free-to-play uh, before, it's kind of like it's going from, a, you know, you're kind of employed by a company to get paid, like, uh, by them. It's, I think it's, it kind of works like a movie, you know, kind of you, you secure funding from, like, angel investors and other things, and then you go and make the game kind of thing, rather than just, like, you're hired by a production company and such. So I think the Kickstarter? Yeah, it's like, so there is Kickstarter, but then there's other stuff as well, because they said uh, the guy of XE gave them a, a million dollars um, to help with their project. But it's just like, you know, staying away from working for a studio to be this more kind of independent... Uh, thing funded by, like, you know, crowdsourcing or... Well, that's how most independent companies work, don't they? Well, no, because a lot of independent companies just go and make the game and then put it out for money. But this would be, like, people that invest in it, you make it free-to-play. And then um, I think that's how it works. You know, you, you and you may not get money from sales, but you can have, like, you know, st- stuff to buy in it. Right. I think it was the general gist of it. But um, they were saying that that's kind of that may be the future of where a lot of games are heading. Look at us, we're just stargazing here about all the future possibilities. Yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. I think I think we're <laughs> at an exciting time in game development. We really are. Next gen. Next gen. Well, ne- next gen is you know supposedly around the corner. Even the the cloud gaming. What, sorry, what was the name of the OnLive counterpart um, that was bought up? Gaikai, Yeah. yeah. With that being bought and OnLive being bought by somebody somebody who's not willing to put money in it. Yeah, somebody. You don't know who. It feels like people are slowly revving up for big changes in the industry, but very slowly. It's kind of getting there. Big change is nice, but I don't think it's – I mean, the the bottleneck is going to be on the customer end again, right? You can't – like, you can go to a store and buy your new console, but you can't necessarily start to afford to paying 100 bucks a month to be able to actually increase your bandwidth cap, you know, to download all these games or stream them or whatever. 
Well, yeah, but the thing is, that's I think on an internet company because in England we don't we don't have caps. It's just well, you, you do, but you know, it's much more easier to just upgrade to unlimited bandwidth. I think where in Canada you get choked so much. I'm not sure how it is in America, but um, yeah, the thing. But the thing is, they, the companies don't need to choke your internet. They, it, you know, whinging about uh, costs to them, especially with cell phones as well. It is, it isn't that expensive to use data um, over, like, you know, in, in different parts of the world. Unless you're in Canada. But that's what I mean. It's, it's an absolute <laughs> ripoff. But yeah, yeah it's uh, it, especially for cloud gaming. Once unlimited internet comes with excellent speeds. Then cloud gaming has as a better chance, I think. Come on, Google Fiber. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Google Fiber. Come on. <laughs> we all have faith. Yeah. Steam Fiber next. Uh oh. Dun dun dun. Mm. Yeah. I'm telling you, if those if those two join powers, they'll be unstoppable. I know. I forget what we called this section last time. I came up with something better than rumors, other schoolness. No, you didn't. You just said, uh, no, I didn't. Oh, just bring it down <laughs> right away. No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. It it's, it's, it's just other interesting things around the industry. Okay. It's not as catchy, though. Yeah. You uh, can call it roomness or brotherness. Brotherness? How does that work? Rumok. 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 It sounds like some kind of orc warrior leader <laughs> in a fantasy novel. Rumok is coming. <laughs> Rumok is here. Yes. Okay. Uh, we had a contest for 12 beta keys for Planetside 2, and mm-hmm. hopefully all those people are playing now. So hopefully. congrats to you, because the weekend is going to be over soon, so you better be playing now. Mm-hmm. Enjoying your Planetside 2 beta. And I don't know, uh, Gamescom is also going on this weekend, and we talked about some of the news that came out, but uh, did you guys have anything else? Saddest thing about uh, the news at Gamecom was that uh, the list of developers supposedly had Half-Life 3 on there. Oh, uh, list oh of yeah. Yeah. Shown. Uh, yeah, biggest troll ever. Ouch. That <laughs> I was so happy for five minutes of my life, and then, then well, I had to look it up on the internet. Actually, the other thing, um, and this is actually listed for Game Informer story down the line. We'll talk about it now. Uh, Speaking of all these rumors, uh, so there's a story on Australian Game Informer that they were teasing about like this huge reveal, and it was coinciding with the um, you know Gamescom conference day. Uh, so you know everybody was expecting kind of a huge announcement, um, and there was also the Half-Life 3 thing, and to add fuel to that Half-Life story, uh, the GTTV had a Valve event scheduled. That was also on Thursday during Gamescom. So those kind of the two big rumors coinciding with each other. And, you know, obviously it turned out that the Half-Life 3 listing was a mistake and the GTTV special was just talking about Dota 2. Mm. So not oh, much excitement ouch. there. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Train Simulator was there 2012, so... Yes, that too. And the Game Informer story turned out to be just uh, Black Ops 2 multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, which was quite funny, and they posted the big apology on Facebook about how things got out of hand with the hype and things like that. So. Yeah, it's just that it's it's the hive mind, man. Yeah, everybody just goes mental without like checking any sources. Well, the truth it's is, they don't have any sources until it's actually revealed, right? Yeah, but it, it, it's like that lack of evidence is is evidence. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly right. 
So, uh, yeah, a bunch of new gameplay trailers from Gamescom and, you know, a couple of new announcements, Cities in Motion 2, and Remember Me, a new IP from game from Capcom, mm. which looks kind of like... looks like Syndicate. A little bit. Is it? With some free running in it. Yeah, there's a trailer out. Check it, it out. Uh, people are saying it may be next-gen, but honestly, it doesn't look that good, even right now. Described as... New memory altering IP. Yeah. Huh. It's uh Total Recall. Total Actually, Recall she, she, slash... she does look a bit like the uh Mirror's Edge woman. A little bit, yeah. The hair. Well, like I said, it's but you know, it's Capcom. Like what do you expect from Capcom? I expect uh lots of cleavage, lots of aliens getting blown up and <laughs> lots of uh and a kind of a thread held storyline. Yeah, it's it's a Western Capcom game though, so is it? Well, I expect the same. Well, no, sorry, it's it's developers in France. All oh, right, then I expect it with a French twist. Yeah. <laughs> it takes I think it takes place in Paris. So. Is it? Oh well, hopefully I'll see a man cycling down a cobblestone street with uh, some baguettes. <laughs> and so, what are we looking out for? This is true. Or maybe carrying around, carrying around some very colorful umbrellas. Oh, I hope so. God, I hope. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, looking at some of the things, it it looks like Deus Ex meets Syndicate. Yeah. In a, in that kind of cyberpunk Le France. And it's probably about a French Revolution or something. I'm well, guessing uh, to, it's in France. To, I mean, and to say, I mean, to, to try to be polite and say two nice things about it, I guess. In the first place, it is nice to see people at least trying out new IP, new IPs. I think, like we said, mm. it feels like there's been a bit of a dearth of yeah. yeah, new yeah new concepts being thought up. And I know this is definitely judging a book by its cover too much, but I I like the I like the title. Uh, just the fact that it's called "Remember Me," um, as opposed to Pete Paris, Paris. two thousand two hundred Explodathon. Explodathon. <laughs> you never know. What, you never know what they meant because it might have been you know Peter didn't get a chance to review it yet, and they just went ahead and published it, so it's translated from you know like "Remember the Birds" or something. Translated to remember me. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, it's probably like you know, mind. Maybe some dollhouse thrown in there with Total Recall, something. Yeah, or maybe it's supposed to have a question mark at the end, you know, and you're at gunpoint, like, "Hey, you remember me? Remember me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, carry on. Carry on. Uh, players modding single player something. Uh, yeah, that was just um, you know, like things like Just Cause and um, you know. It's kind of the companies haven't been doing it, so players have taken it into their own hands, and they kind of yeah. can do it in their own kind of uh, wacky way. Uh, but, but sometimes it's for good as well. Yeah, the, the most recent one was Just Cause 2, I guess. Uh, yeah. The one before that that was really popular was San Andreas Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's just, uh, but it kind of makes you wonder why, uh, you know, comp- I'm, you know, I hate multiplayer being thrown on games, uh, but I, <laughs> you know, just as to try and expand it. But... but I, yeah, but I think in, uh, you know, in stuff like, probably in Just Cause, and I think in Skyrim, you know, it'd be pretty cool to play with someone. Well, the thing is, how much time they're going to spend developing the online components, and oh, then... it, it take ages. And but, then, it's probably not going to be as good as it, you know, should be, because it's a primarily single-player game. So, yeah. with these mods, you know it's going to have a lot of bugs and whatever, because it's developed by the community, and it's free... So you don't have the same approach to it as if it was originally like, included with the game. Yeah, well, it's not. It's not as clinical and maybe not as, you know, as polished as it could be. But exactly. I think it's. I think it's a. 
but you know, it shows that people really like a game as well, and yeah. people feel strongly about it, which is good. You know, showing your kind of devotion to a franchise means that you know the company's obviously you know doing something right with their funds. Exactly, and but again, the problem is it's a different approach because you know it's a mod, so yeah. you're not gonna complain. Like people don't complain about DayZ, but you know, if it was actually released, which it will be. As a, as a real standalone thing, that's, that's when that. people are going to complain. That's because, when the floodgates will open. Yeah, that's when people are like, well, this, I paid money for this and it doesn't work the way I want it to and things like that. So, yeah. you know. Companies it's, just got to figure out how to get money out of the modding environment, you know? Yeah. Don't give them ideas. Well, didn't somebody do that? Oh, I, I cannot remember. But did somebody create a mod and then charge people for the mod? Well, I'm sure it's you It's illegal, can. isn't it? Why? And I know it's probably illegal, but that doesn't mean because there's stuff like, uh, well, you know, not... like, like uh, Pokemon games, uh, which are like MMOs that people have created, but uh, people have made you know them subscription based, even though it's totally illegal. Um, so you know, there's definitely a market to make money off it, especially even if it's in modding scene, if people want it enough. Yeah, I don't know. I think it. I don't know. I think it's legal to charge. I mean, it's... I don't. I don't think so, man. Because you, you you don't have the IP. You don't you don't own the IP. Right. Of like a front no, but if I mean, if you if you mod it without hacking anything, like if you know you have all the files there, and you just rearrange things around, like you're not cracking the executable of the game and changing the code, you're just changing textures which are accessible to anybody who has the, you know, bother to go into the game folder. Yeah, I don't but think that, that's that doesn't give you carte blanche to sell it. True, you're just, yeah, you still no, you you no, can't no, sell no, it no. because it's not yours. It's not your IP. You can mod it and upload mods, right. but you can't charge for them because then that would be... Well, then why don't the developers shut down all these paid mods? Because it's difficult. I, I, I've never heard of the paid mod, but I'll, I'll, look, I'll look it up, I guess. Pokemon. Maybe there's... Money poke. I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> not safe for work. Not safe for work. Yeah. Next topic. Uh, the final topic was something I found randomly. It's about a certain... Oh, dear. A certain guy, uh, although you guys will be able to weigh in on this a lot, I think, yeah. talking about how apparently we, uh, painting everybody with a brush of game journalism, uh, are racists because we uh, <laughs> prefer Japanese games and or like we give them a pass on their storytelling because they're Japanese or something. Oh wow! It's 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 oh wow! It's funny to me because well, first of all. You know, give a man a microphone, he's going to start spewing this kind of crazy stuff. And second oh, of yeah, all... Oh yeah, you don't need to tell us that. And the second of all that, you know, it actually is an opinion of someone that's kind of shocking to me. But, yeah. Is, he, is this guy is guy Canadian? Um, He's a developer, isn't he? Didn't yeah, he's click on Assassin's thing? Creed. Yeah. So he is Canadian, then? It doesn't matter. He's white. <laughs> he's from <white>. North America. <laughs> so just go from there. Well, yeah, you know, because I, I like my Japanese games, but I think it's this. But the thing is, there's a Western approach to creating storylines in games, and there's a Japanese approach. Japanese is usually a lot more steeped in mythos, usually from the like heavily Eastern or heavily Western. Whereas I uh, find Western games, I don't know, like think of you know, Gears of War was cited in that, and so was Assassin's Creed. I think sometimes Western studios can get a bit convoluted, or maybe. Go with but, the, but the point is, are you biased just because the game is Japanese? Uh, not particularly. I, I hate to say it, but I think there might be an, a, a slight element of truth in what he says. Yeah, I, of course I wouldn't go as far as, as to describe it as racism. I think he's way off using that word. But 
no, I think, for example, just the fact that we recognize JRPGs as different, you know, in several ways. One of those is definitely writing, I think. Well, isn't that, style. isn't that, to me, I wouldn't say they're different. I just, it's the genre. Like, are you biased when you review a strategy game versus a shooter game? And without... You know what? I, I played uh, Barbie's Horse Adventures on the DS, and the writing was atrocious. I wasn't sucked in by any of the characters. <laughs> and I think just it's, it's Western, just terrible writing. But see, my point is, it's not about uh, culture or country where the game comes from. Like, you know, are you going to review a Japanese-developed shooter any differently? No. Like, you guys are bringing up JRPG, but JRPG is a genre. I wouldn't call it, uh, you know, different because it was made... Well, okay, yeah, it is, but it's it's making its own genre. You know what I mean? Well, like, it, you, you, don't, you don't compare it to other uh, RPGs, let's say, because it's JRPG, so you compare it to other JRPGs. Well, it is it is its own genre. Um, it depends if it lines up with the kind of story expectations I... Compared uh, compared to other JRPGs though, not necessarily. All right, if, to... if if it's if it's in the realm of JRPGs, then I kind of know what I'm getting into, right. story wise. Right. But if it's a Western one, then I know it's going to be different and more grounded. But then it wouldn't be a JRPG, and that's my point. No, no, no. If it was uh, Western, right? That's kind of. I mean, RPGs are tricky because of this whole subgenre thing. But I mean, like I said, if you talk about shooters, are you really going to review? Um, a Japanese shooter differently because it's from Japan. No, I don't think. Well, so. give me give me an example. Yeah, I want to okay, say. Um, I mean, I, I say I, I bring up JRPGs because when I think of clear differences between yeah, yeah. Western and in uh, Western and Eastern development, the RPG seems to be clear. Uh, yeah. You know, obvious difference. But I can't think of the last anime shooter that I played. Yeah, Thirteen, <laughs> maybe. What's that? Oh, the Thirteen was uh, the cell shaded one. That was Japanese in development, uh, and like um, all the Suda Fifty One games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you don't uh, grade them any differently. I, I think they're... I think some people can hold them higher than others. Yeah. Like some some people may have a bias. Okay, well, but and that... the specific the specific complaint is that we treat we let their storytelling slide, the writing slide. Isn't that specifically what he's going for? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to think of a Japanese counterpart to Assassin's Creed. Right. Um, I don't know, like maybe Tenchu, but that that's a um, British, so maybe Shinobido is kind of the, one of the things I think of. I don't know. What's, what's like, uh, I think uh, if somebody actually makes a statement true, like if there is somebody out there that, uh, you know, rates Japanese games higher because they're Japanese um, and, you know, ignores, ignores story elements that are bad just because you know, it's a forgiveness point for him, then he's just a bad, biased reviewer. Yeah. That's my point. Well, yeah, the, you know, if you're a bad reviewer, then you right? should really... If, yeah, if, yeah. if that story is true for, for, for people out there, then that's just a problem with the people out there that are doing this. Right? But it I'm, it I'm... shouldn't say everybody in game journalism is freaking, you know, racist. But, that's just... Well, no, it was, wasn't the best put-together statement, but I'm sure there was, you know... He maybe perhaps wasn't being that blatant about it. It depends, uh, but I don't, I'm not sure of the context. There is no context with this article. Like, did somebody ask him a question? Uh, it, it, oh, it's about the um, Nintendo. The, but that's Nintendo, though. 
with the the same franchise. That's just because they're like milking that dry. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And nobody complains because I know everybody's like a giant Mario fanboy. But um, that, that's always been that's always been about the gameplay though, hasn't it? Yeah. I know that much. Where the story isn't as important. Well, before we get too heated of a debate, we should move on to our question of the episode. What's the craziest Japanese game you've played? Oh, man. Uh, I haven't gotten out that much. Do it. The craziest one you've played that just made you go, what the hell is going on right now? It was that um, boss magic that was reviewed on here, wasn't it? The, uh... Oh, uh, uh, what's it? The one oh, yeah, I've, I've got one. Yeah, you keep going. The Atlas one. Well, Pete's still trying to think, so you go ahead. Okay. The craziest Japanese game I've ever played... Uh, so far, granted, I haven't gotten out much on this, is Analog, A Hate Story. Uh, if I you've heard of it. Heard of it. Yeah. yeah um, it's a relationship-based game, where yes. you're putting together relationships by reading other people's emails and personal files. <laughs> and um, half of the characters are AIs, meaning they only exist as computer entities, but they are all represented by anime-style high school girls. So that's it mandatory. Just, it was just strange. Uh, you try to piece together what's going on, and you know, apparently, a very complicated set of relationships. It was just. It must have been great for girl hackers, I want to say, who you know, like this is their dream, you know, of coming upon a stash of emails of you know girls bickering with each other, some of which are AIs, you know. <laughs> It was absolutely surreal. But um, they've, they're, but the relationship games are pretty big over there. Um, you know where like the social ones anyway. Yeah, yeah. Big. Which uh, ones you got? I've, I've probably only got. Uh, um, there was Nanaka Crash, which I used to play, which is. Uh, <laughs> it was re- it was really fun, um, but yeah, it's basically where you are. Um, it's from an anime, and some guy did it as a flash game. I think, and you launch the guy um, into the air, and (laughs) um, you you just, like, you know, hit stuff in the middle of um, the road that he's on, that he's, like, flying down, and you have to stay up in the air as long as possible, and, like, the girls will kind of jettison you further into the sky, or they will turn into these kind of overpowered monsters that will, like, blow you further and further away. Um, but the guys slow you down, and there's like a clingy girl that kind of wraps her arms around you and stops you from going any further. And uh, <laughs> it was it was just a really addictive game, though, uh, really fun. But then there's like all the kind of yeah, I've, I've seen the relationships ones before, and uh, yeah, they, they can get pretty strange. But when you, I don't know, it's it's like a strange game of love chess or something, or love checkers. That's it. It's love <laughs> chess. <laughs> New genre. <laughs> yeah, but and, and we've defined what, it. We finally defined it. Yeah, there's, there's ones in the arcade as well, um, like um, like super bishy bashy. Uh, we have to like do weird things, like you know, put put up a ladder or change a light bulb or get flies out of soup, and uh, things like that. It's funny because it's almost as if it hits that part of our brains that wishes that interpersonal relationships were like puzzles that you had to figure out. Yeah. But um, there was one as well where you play as a mosquito, 
uh, <laughs> you bu- buzz around a house and you have to like you know suck the blood from people but you get like more points for like different so you can have like a bare thigh you can have like you know an arm or you can have like you know the the mound of someone some female's chest and you, you get like points for that and like people try and swat you <laughs> that's brilliant yeah that's a, that is brilliant actually but yeah interesting i think i've seen them because you get them uh used to get them on like uh cds and stuff they had like a few in one but arcades as well have some pretty weird ones too um if you've ever been to like a japanese like arcade in like tokyo or whatever um they've got some pretty strange ones there i love i love the idea that they might have relationship games inside the arcade like hey you know your, your mom's shopping around the mall for an hour what are you gonna yeah. do get some quarters get you going and you try to you know, fix it up between those two characters who just haven't gotten along. So. Yeah, that's, that's the thing though. It's always uh, they've always something weird. But um, they have some good arcade games. I remember the one where there's like you actually get to pick up a sword and like hold it in front of like a bar, like screen thing, and like slash people and whatnot. That was awfully fun. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I've and actually I- from my Japanese or Asian game experience, I've played a lot of weird stuff recently. Not recently, but just you know, uh, I've been trying to accept it. <laughs> and it's usually during the summers when there's nothing to play that's when I kind of rent a couple of games that I've you know obviously kind of curious about uh, I've never actually played a relationship one except okay well I just uh, a couple of weeks ago I finished playing Catherine for the first time yeah that, that's what <gasps> I heard I, I heard that was good uh, well it's hard as nails uh, and then the relationship stuff is really basic I mean it's not it's not a relationship game. I wouldn't say that at all. I mean, you get a couple of choices, but they're so arbitrary, and uh, you know they're literally like they make you choose, you know, this or that. Like it's not a natural conversation flow, as you would hope from like Mass Effect or something. Well, uh, yeah, it's, this, it's weird. You've got stuff like that in Persona as well. I don't know if you ever played it. Yeah, no, I haven't played that. Like I said, I haven't actually played any relationship games. I've I've been mostly sticking to like. Action games, I guess, like you know, Suda Fifty One stuff and and things like that. And but the weirdest one was like uh, <laughs> I have to say, I only played a little bit of it, but that kind of gave me a good idea of everything. Was uh, Azura's Wrath? Oh yeah, I wanted and to play that. That was I think it was from earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I mean, that was like Dragon Ball Z on acid. <laughs> and that's just it's just insane. I haven't played through all of it though, but I've you know got a good idea. So that's that's my yeah, list. Yeah, but like all that kind of Devil May Cry stuff, that's a bit more grounded. But oh yeah, no, that's fine. That's just an action game. As grounded as it can be, anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, and God Hand as well. If you ever played that, that's pretty awesome. From uh, the same guys who did Bayonetta a while back on the PS2. Yeah, there game. you go. Bayonetta was the one, but Bayonetta was pretty Western, I think. Yeah, um, but you still had that kind of cheek in it. Yeah, for sure. More ways than one. But I'm talking like crazy like you know insanity like what am i well, yeah, doing if, here? if you go on some questionable sites and, and pay <laughs> five five dollars for some flash game the seafaring monsters in it yeah all right speaking of which whoa is that our closing topic <laughs> what seafaring monsters with a stranger was, yeah no. rawr Alright then. August 19th, summer's almost over. There's games coming out pretty much every week now. So there's no more sleepiness. Gotta get back into it. Uh, right on, right on. Things, mm-hmm. Exciting things coming up. 
Blockbusters, man. Blockbusters. What's the first game? Well, okay, we'll save it for the next episode. <laughs> I have. Okay. I just randomly came up with another question, but uh, try to remind me next time. Okay, you, you could write it down. I could, but I'm too lazy. Heck, do you have the podcast thing open? You could write it down right, I right will in the not, podcast. I will not subject myself to this effort. Okay. Yeah. Just remind me. We'll talk about it. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Episode over. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, and players. Please remember to visit www.newgamenetwork.com for the latest and greatest video game news and reviews.